ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Well, 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 northeastern Pennsylvania. Thanks for joining us here on the Beer Geeks and WILK. Back for with a little bit of beer goodness, beer, uh, beer talk, and beer drinking. A little book talking today. Uh, we're going to have uh, instead of a brewery on, we're going to actually have a beer writer, John Hall from All About Beer Magazine. I uh, steal this beer podcast, and he's also an author himself, and he just came out with a cookbook about all kinds of Jersey goodness. So, yeah, we're going to be doing a little beer, a little food. No food in in house, though. You wouldn't like to hear us chewing on the air, I don't think, at least. So, I mean, it's probably about as interesting as just listening to us drink. No, we're so interesting when we drink. It's not even funny. Very modest about it, too. Um, so, yeah, in-house we have myself, Matt from Mass Beers and this whole Beer Geeks thing. And then we got Joe from NAPA Beer Reviews. What's going on, dude? Not too much. How's your week going? Pretty good. Kind of a long week at work. Yeah. So. Brewing up a storm. Oh, totally. And then we have Steve back from VK, Mini VK. Um, brought back a couple beers from down where? Down in uh, Richmond, Norfolk area, basically. Which is, I mean, down south, once you get south of that Mason-Dixon line, beer's starting to get kind of crazy down there, yes, like brewery-wise, blowing up. Particularly in Virginia. Did you visit any breweries, or did you just kind of pick up pick up stuff? We went to a handful of breweries out near Virginia Beach and Norfolk. Nice. Anything, uh, what was the highlight of the trip? Brewery-wise, probably Reaver Beach out in Virginia Beach. I enjoyed a few sours that we had from them. Oh, you and the sours, man. They, they got you. It's like me and chili beers. It just <laughs> get me all hot and bothered up inside me. Anyway, uh, let's turn to a little bit of beer news. We're going to go a little release news first this time, because we only have one beer release really noteworthy that I could find that I wanted to talk about, and that is a beer I'm actually a big fan of. A big fan of it new, even though it can be a little bit hot, but when it ages, it's pretty good. And that is Stone Brewing's, uh, their Woot Stout. I guess you would say Woot 4.0 at this point. Um, it is, for those that don't know, it's a collaboration be- basically between you know Stone, uh, Drew Curtis of Fark, and uh, Will Wheaton. What would Will Wheaton do of a uh, you know Star Trek Next Generation or Stand by Me? I don't know what kind of line you guys fall on when it comes to your uh, Will Wheatness. I guess you can even go. What's that show he's on now? Every now and then. Uh, oh, uh, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm totally a Next Generation guy. Nerds. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a really good beer. It's basically you're talking about you know a, a stout, a big chocolatey stout, bourbon, the whole nine. And it's kind of been tweaked a little bit here and there from its inception, which was in 2013. 14 was a little bit different. 15 was a little different. Now they're going back to the 2013 recipe where they're cloning it exactly. Now, now the, whatchamacallit, I guess you would say the, um, what we need to do is we need to go find a uh, 2013 bottle and see what the difference is. I'm sure Steve has 17 of them in his basement, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, what do you guys think of that beer in general? I, I'm sure you've had it before, Correct. I had the 13 and the 15, yes. The 14 was pretty difficult to find. Yes, very much. Um, I had the 13 that I aged uh, two years. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is a great beer. It actually stuck around for quite a bit last year. Uh, I I knew when, you know, 14 was very hard to find. 15 came out, and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy four or five of these. And then months later, it was still kind of available here and there. So hopefully the distribution is much the same because it is a pretty good beer. It's probably my favorite beer that Stone produces. So there's that. Um, So let's skip to a little bit of beer news goodness or badness, depending on what the news is. Um, Someone's coming out with a reality show or trying to launch a reality show um, where where they uh, basically chase whales. Um, and yeah, it's called... Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Modern Ahabs. 
Okay, and it's basically <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. Don't you think you thought of it and get that off the ground? Yeah. Someone pay you to go and, f- and chase these whales or whatever. But uh, you know, for those who don't know, you know, the joking moniker for beers that are hard to find are whales. So there's a group uh, of guys that are trying to kind of get this show off the ground. Um, the first beer they're going for is KBS. You know what I mean? Uh, entry I mean, level whale. Entry level whale. <laughs> it's the, the smirk. <laughs> the smirk on his face. Mm, TBS. Anyway, um, it's uh, it was one of the OG whales, though, back in the day when like people started to get a little bit kind of hot and bothered about finding beer. Um, so, I mean, I get it. I, I would probably watch a couple of them just to see how it goes down. But at the same time, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I don't know. I would probably watch it. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. No. But I, I'd give it a, I'd give it a shot, yeah. But it's curious because whales are almost like. It sounds Steve like something that should just be like a YouTube thing. It seems like they're trying to get it off the ground. Maybe it's going to be end up being like a kind of internet show or whatnot. But at the same time, just a, just a cojones on somebody to try to start a show like that, just to be like, hey, pay me, to go find beers that are really hard to find and then I get the beers. So I get the beers that are really hard to find and you pay me to do it. Uh, yeah, I kind of, you know, I got to give them a little a little applause for uh, <laughs> for having the Huevos to do such there. a thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's that. Um, and then, uh, let's see, Schmaltz. I guess this would be more of a beer release thing, but um, not. Um, uh, every year, Schmaltz and Terrapin come together and they actually do a brewery, a brewery, a beer called uh, Reunion. And every year it's a different beer and all the proceeds from the beer go to like uh, cancer research and stuff like that. So this year's one is coming out. It's called Reunion 6 uh, Collaboration Ale. It is a, while well, I hit that button on there that makes everything work. It is a uh, chocolate, coconut, cinnamon, vanilla, ginger, and Mexican chili pepper complex dark ale. So it sounds like they're going after the whole... That's a lot of ingredients there. Yeah. It sounds like they're going after the whole Mexican cake style uh, thing. I mean, uh, Terrapin and Schmaltz, it's not like two breweries that you think of when it comes to like brewing huge, humongous beers like that. But, but they, this this reunion series is always a collaboration between those two breweries. Those two breweries. Those are, yeah, they're they're connected. I, 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 the gentlemen, they're kind of doing this in honor of them. They're kind of connected between both breweries. So uh, it's a thing they do every year. Um, I've had a couple of them that were aged, so I don't know what they were when they were straight out of the shooting. They're very nice beers. So it seems it's just a cool concept to do that and kind of have all the proceeds go to uh, somebody that uh, – could use the money, you know what I mean? Uh, when it comes to cancer, I just had somebody pass this week from cancer. So, you know, when you're buying beer and it's good, but you also know the money's going to something that's a good cause. That does not suck. <laughs> um, cool. Let's see. Uh, this is one I found kind of curious. A uh, They made a, a, did a like kind of a census. It was called the Nielsen Craft Beer Audit. Said that 70% of people uh, choose their beer at the time of purchase. When they actually go to purchase beer, they don't know what they're going to beer. Or what they're going to buy. What they're going to buy beer-wise. I actually think that's low. I I mean, personally, I rarely go to a place. Was this just a survey survey of craft beer drinkers? Um, I mean, that's what it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So you don't know where those numbers going to a brewery or going just out for beer in general. In general, you know, when people go to buy beer, obviously, I mean, if you're going to go to a, I guess when you factor in going to a a bottle release or a can release or something like that, you definitely know where you're going for. Mm. But most of the time, when I actually go, if I go to like a quote unquote bottle shop to buy beer, it's not like I'm like, oh, I hope they have this here. It's kind of more of like. You're you just look perusing for per, Yeah, peruse the shelves, kind of see what they have and go from there. So 70%, I get it, but at the same time, I always thought it'd be a little bit lower. I mean, a little bit higher, higher. Um, yeah. number-wise, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, and then uh, you had a little bit of info, right, on the, uh, on, on the beer did. cup. Yeah, yeah. what do we got uh, going on The U.S. That? Beer Open, um, I think it was last, 
last week sometime, uh, July 11th, they um, announced the winners. Uh, and actually, uh, two weeks in a row, I'm talking about the uh, school that I went to. Um, Niagara College Teaching Brewery uh, took home the uh, Grand National Championship as a uh, best college program in North America. Uh, and that's based off of medals won in the competition, which was uh, four medals, two gold, one silver, and one bronze. So, And then a bunch of, actually, kind of how this came up and why we're talking about it, a lot of uh, Canadian breweries actually placed and like took home medals. You know, High Road, uh, we had them on the uh, podcast that we did for, for a little while. Uh, they took home bronze in... Um, American IPA for their uh, for their Bronin. Amazing beer. Yeah. Like, absolutely fantastic beer. If you ever get up into the um, the Ontario area, more towards the Guelph kind of area on, on the bottom edge of uh, the... Uh, yeah, like the kind lake. of the Niagara on the lake yeah. up into like maybe like Hamilton area. Yeah, you'll find it absolutely great. But New England IPA all the way, just mm. absolutely juicy goodness. Um, and yeah, and then, uh, and then uh, one of the categories was best names. Yeah, and, and then, that. Uh, <laughs> was it uh, a Nickelbrook for a Bolshevik Bastard one, mm. which is one of the best names in the history of mankind. I just love but that name. But I think the, we've talked about this before uh, before we went on. I think the most disappointing is uh, You Bred a Run from yeah. uh, Perrin Brewing Company took seventh, which is infinitely better than Wit or Without You. Yeah, you <laughs> which was first. Yeah, you bred a run. That's such a great name for a beer. It should have totally been first. So um, even though it's a beer competition, I guess you can't uh, judge them on their taste uh, yeah. when it comes to names. So, um, And then uh, last but not least, news-wise, we're going to end with the, you know, seems like something that's been going on for, for several months, which is um, re- recalls with Goose Island. Uh, they finally uh, ended up recalling two, was it uh, two more stouts? The proprietors they and the base recalled all of proprietors, and they recalled a number of bottle dates of the base stout. Of the base stout. So at this point now, we are looking at what coffee and coffee, oh, barley, wine, prop, all of it, and I think there were four or five bottle dates of the base stout. Yeah. So I mean, it seems like um, I mean, Steve had a great point off air. It, it could be more of a bottling issue this time, more than a base beer issue. So we're going to see going forward what they can do about it. I mean, as much as you want to, and I'm just speculating, it could also be a a potential barrel issue. You know, maybe they have barrels that they should probably be getting uh, be getting rid of at this point and cycling in some new ones. I mean, it could, but it's just yeah. that's just me speculating. Yeah. So I mean, you you, you know, it it sucks, and uh, you know, uh, for a company that is attached to such a big. Uh, Big corporation like AB and Bev, you know, you have to give them a little bit of an applause for doing these kind of things for mm. um, recalling the beers and stuff like this. This one's a little bit more strict. The old when they did the first recall, the barley one and whatnot, it was more of a honor system. This one, you have to actually produce bottles, bottle barcodes, and stuff like Take that. Take pictures and submit them online. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so I mean, you know, hats off to them for doing such a thing. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you have them floating around out there, give them a world, give them a check. I'm sure they'll send you. And the weird thing is, they retail for nine ninety nine, but they're giving you. Fifteen dollars back, $15 because they assume that many people mark them up. So I mean, that alone is kind of crazy. Yeah, think really. About it. So, so yeah, um, yeah, that's about it, beer news wise. So let's do this. We're gonna jump the break. Um, when we come back, we're gonna have John Paul from All About Beer magazine steal this beer and a whole bunch of other bookie goodness back here on the Beer Geeks on WILK today. How to incorporate your business in just ten minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step one: Stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything, your home, your car, even your life savings. Step two, 
Call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from Incorporate.com. 1-800-974-5567. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-974-5567. Step three, congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-974-5567. That's 1-800-974-5567. Hi, I'm Carl Deichler, the CEO of Beachbody, and I'm here to tell you about an amazing new way you can start losing weight for free right now. You've probably seen our workout DVDs on TV like P90X, Insanity, and 21 Day Fix. We just launched a beta trial of our new digital video platform, Beachbody On Demand. So while we're testing out this new digital video service, I'm inviting you to use it for free for 30 days. That means you can lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, even 30 pounds without paying a dime. Text the word trial to 303030 and you can do 30 days of p90x insanity or any of over 400 workouts for free here's the catch in return all i ask is you let us know what you think of the service so we can make beach body on demand the best fitness and weight loss site ever created just text trial to 303030 and get started for free right now. Again, text TRIAL to 303030. Message and data rates may apply. Membership fees apply after 30-day free trial. Cancel anytime. Built for business. Waiting. No one enjoys it. With Comcast Business, you can do less of it. Because Comcast Business Internet is up to five times faster than DSL from the phone company, which means less waiting for things like security backups and file downloads. Plus, it's a better value when you select the fastest plan. So do what nearly a 1,000 businesses do every day and choose Comcast Business. Unless you'd prefer to wait. Switch to Comcast Business Internet. Then add one voice line and TV for just $34.90 a month for two years. And ask about their low price guarantee. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. That's 800-501-6000. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer NC3116. Restrictions apply. Equipment, taxes, and fees, including broadcast TV fee extra. Compares Comcast 100 megabits per second and 20 megabits per second DSL downloads. Where do you go when you or a loved one needs rehabilitation or skilled nursing following a hospital stay or prolonged illness? Kingston Healthcare Center is the right choice for you. Kingston Healthcare Center provides the highest medical and nursing care as well as rehabilitation services seven days a week. The goal at Kingston Healthcare Center is to return you home as quickly and safely as possible. Kingston Healthcare Center, where your goals are their priority. For more information, visit saberhealth.com. Saber Healthcare, personal attention, proven results. The right to go to orange, go nothing wrong with orange, to motor to the state line. And no left turns in Jersey, and no U turns at all. A little bit of obscure random jerseyness kind of coming in here music-wise leading back on uh, beer geeks and WLK. so yeah there you go didn't expect that one but um what i do expect is to talk a little bit beer with uh john hall from all about beer magazine what's going on dude good afternoon guys how yeah. are you uh pretty good man we're drinking some beers um drinking a local ipa right now we're gonna crack into a jersey beer actually uh, halfway through this interview so we'll see what's what but uh but yeah what's going on with you 
I am uh, I'm out in Western Jersey today, along the Muskinetcong River, hanging out with uh, with family on this uh, beautiful day, uh, and drinking a Jenny Cream. That's the, right, man. The weather the weather is just right for it, and. Uh, Damn if it's not refreshing. That's right. Hey, anybody that hates on Jenny Cream, we have one of our guys that's usually here. He's on the road right now, actually, he's headed to Jersey. Jersey. Right now, yeah, going to Jersey <laughs> to pick up some beer. And he is, uh, I think he's a card-carrying member of the Jenny Cream Club, so we're with Excellent. you right there. Um, it's a good club. <laughs> so, yeah, man, uh, thanks for calling us while you're spending time with the family. Um, but uh, let's get into it, man. Let's start at the beginning, uh, you know, from your okay. from your um, uh, biography there uh, that I read online, from what I've heard from you. You know, you were a reporter there for a while, and then kind of hit to a point around 2007, you kind of focus on beer why why not that's the best uh, answer okay. of, <laughs> yeah well after years of covering uh crime and politics and breaking news uh you know i was traveling around quite a bit when i was a newspaper reporter uh traveling the country following the news around and i, I you know over time realized that i could always get a better meal and a better beer if i stopped at a brew pub or a brewery and i you know started uh you know meeting people and learning a lot about the process and so when the newspaper industry tanked uh, i decided that uh you know i still wanted to be a reporter uh and i had learned a bunch about beer and so why not uh you know put my time towards that and that's that's really how it all came about and then one thing led to another and a couple of book contracts came my way and then uh, about three and a half years ago uh, i was asked to become editor at all about beer magazine which has been around since 1979 and uh uh, it was an opportunity I just couldn't pass up. So I'm I'm still a reporter. It's just the subject matter has uh, has gotten much more happy. Yeah, than, very uh, much tastier. Destruction. Yeah, yeah, much tastier. I mean, there can be definite um, destruction if there's too much beer consumed, but it's it's a fun kind of destruction that you can tell stories about later on. Yeah, when when people ask me what the hardest part of my job is, I, I I'll say with no sense of irony, uh, it's the mornings. Yeah, yeah, they suck. <laughs> but I mean, you know, unless you you know have to start at noon on a Sunday talking about beer, then it doesn't suck. Exactly. Uh, um, so yeah, was it was there like was there an epiphany moment when it came to like the switch, or was it more just like you know, like you said, it just tanked, and you're like, okay, I want to do this, or was it more like did it coincide with an epiphany moment with beer itself, where you're like, okay, now I'm really into this, or was it more like, okay, I'm really into beer and I need to find a life track I want to be on. No, you know, I, I think it was just sort of an organic thing that happened. Uh, you know, I, I'd been into uh, di drinking different beers and trying to seek out local beers uh, for, for many, many years, uh, whether I was traveling for work or for fun, uh, and then certainly at home, although, you know, Jersey was a, was a tough beer state for, for a lot of years, and I've, uh, you know, born and raised in Jersey. And um, uh, it's, it's obviously gotten better. But, you know, I think for me it, it was really just there wasn't a lot of reporters that were covering this industry and looking at the industry. I mean, there's a lot of enthusiasts, there's a lot of bloggers, uh, but there weren't a lot of uh, critical questions being asked uh, and sort of, you know, following the money or following, you know, a lot of the, the normal reporter traits that I had, uh, there weren't a ton of people doing this. And so it just seemed like a, like a natural thing to do. And uh, it's, been, it's been super rewarding. So then, like, okay, so then you switch around 2007, and then you get the call, uh, what did you say, about three years ago, you got the call from All About Beer magazine? Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, what's it like to go to a publication like that? I mean, you know, anybody that's into beer, you know, we all kind of, like, you know, do the homage thing to Michael Jackson. You have some magazine that's uh, closely tied to him in that sense. You're going to the kind of, that kind of resource and the work in that kind of environment. What's that like? You know, I... 
it, it's a it's a pretty big responsibility actually, uh, and I take and I take it seriously. Um, you know, all about like I said, it's been around since 1979, so we're the oldest and the best selling uh, beer publication. And we have had people like Jackson uh, come through, and you know, great writers like Lou Bryson and Stephen Beaumont um, and Roger Pratt, and you know, uh, we, all of these names uh, that that people who who care deeply about the beer industry and want to learn a lot from uh, have been through our pages. Uh, and you know, one of the things I was charged with with the magazine is really sort of updating it and bringing it back into uh, some sort of relevance. You know, because there's other beer magazines out there these days, and uh, we're all doing something different. And, you know, for us, I really enjoy being able to do the deep dive into things and look at some of the processes and look at some of, you know, the thoughts that brewers have when it comes to creating beers uh, and going, you know, a little bit beyond, uh, you know, hey, what's Sam Calagione drinking this week? You know, that, that, yeah. that's fun, but, uh, but you don't necessarily leave with... Uh, you know, being a, a better beer drinker. And so with each issue of the magazine that comes out every two months, and certainly with the stuff that we're updating daily on allaboutbeer.com, I really want to make sure that people leave the magazine, leave the site with a little bit of knowledge and going, huh, that's cool. I didn't know that before. Uh, and I think that that makes us all better informed drinkers. Uh, and that also in turn makes the brewers uh, want to make better beer, so it's a it's a it's a it's a tough job. It's a fun job, uh, you know. And in some days it doesn't even feel like work, and then there's other days where. When you have that deadline gun staring at you, uh, it very much feels like a job. Well, then, what's that like uh, going from you know being a reporter, being a writer, and then actually having to be on the editor side of the table? Is that is that still you still have fun in that portion of the show? Is that kind of appeal to your kind of neurotic I side do. to where you need to get stuff done? I do actually. You know, it, it's different because when you're a reporter, you know, you're you're just working with one editor typically, uh, and the two of you are shaping a story and trying to get it to, uh, you know, a, a, a factual point and, and, and an interesting and, read, and readability point. But being a reporter can often sometimes be like an island. Um, where you're out in the world, but with, with the magazine and with the website, uh, I get to work with every single reporter that comes through our pages. Uh, and I get to, if I've picked up something along the way, I can pass it on to them. We can have conversations, uh, and we can make the stories a lot better. So, so for me, uh, it, it, it's, it's a bit of a different skill set, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun because I get to see, you know, how one thing relates to another relates to another. I can get reporters talking to reporters about one story that somebody's working on that could be relevant to another person's story. Uh, it's kind of like playing traffic cops sometimes, but it's, 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 it's a, it's a lot of fun to see everything come together and, and being able to put my fingerprints on a, on a lot of stuff. And, you know, hopefully, uh, the, the readers enjoy it, you know, Our subscriptions are up. So I'm, I'm guessing that they are. And now, like, what's it like to in like the juxtaposition between going from being a editor and writer at a small format, quote unquote, magazine, to writing an actual book? Like, is it easy for you to kind of change the you know cruise control from having to write you know this many words for a column to as opposed to be like now I need to write a book? Is that something you kind of train yourself to kind of turn on and off, or does it take you a while to kind of gain momentum for that? Yeah, you know, with 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 the magazine, it's a never ending process. You know, we know that every two months we're going to have to fill pages and you have to be thinking far enough ahead, uh, you know, to make sure that, you know, what we're working on right now in July, uh, you know, might not see print until October. And so we have to be thinking about October right now, which unfortunately puts me in pumpkin beer territory, oh, I'm sorry, uh, which is, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, with a book, you have a finite amount of time, you know, you know, I have to write a hundred thousand words and I have to do it within six months. And so at that point, I just sort of switch my brain a little bit and say, all right, for three hours a day, I'm going to be working on 
the book and I have to meet this many words and I have to do this much research in advance and, and then go from there. And then, uh, uh, there's a little bit of wiggle room afterwards, but it's, uh, it, it, it's still writing. It's still planning. It's still deadlines. And so, uh, that's, it's just a, it's just a different medium is really what it comes down to. Uh, so let's talk about the books for a second. Um, you know, sure. if, if you look at them uh, as a whole, like a lot of your older books, they're like a very um, location centric, but they're also very beer centric. You know what I mean? Going from New York to Mass to like uh, just uh, you, know, you did the cookbook about craft beer in general. Now, your newest book, Dishing Up New Jersey, is just more food centric and not really uh, tying beer together in food. And I, you know, uh, what made you progress to that point? Or is it just you wanted to do an homage to awesome Jersey food because it gets a bad I just wanted to do an homage to, to awesome Jersey food. It gets uh, such a bad was, rap. It's like, I, yeah, I, it was, I grew up in Tom's River, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about, baby. And you escaped. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. That's, yep. uh, that's not an easy feat. <laughs> uh, you know, you're just planning your return to Leisure Village one of these days. Yeah, but, you know, uh, my grandma lived there. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but, uh, but no, you know, Jersey is one of those, um, uh, it, it, it's a state that I've covered the most as a reporter for so many years. And being able to write this book uh, was really just kind of fun to get out of the beer space for a little bit as well. Uh, you know, to try some new foods, to, to get back into the, to the test kitchen, to work out some recipes. Uh, I was still working on the magazine in between, but uh, I think, you know, uh, creatively and professionally, it's always good to flex different muscles and to try different things. Uh, otherwise, you can kind of get stuck in a rut. So uh, writing Dishing Up New Jersey uh, just really gave me an opportunity to try something different, try something new. Did you did you find yourself while you're writing the book to have to kind of pull yourself away from reference referencing beer like more often than not? Was it like something that you had to like purposely not do that or was it just natural for you to be like, OK, I'm just writing about food? Uh, you know, I did think a lot about beer when I was doing this, because as I'm putting the recipes together, um, so no, what would go really well with this? But since it wasn't really a beer book, uh, I, I did try to knock that out uh, of my brain pretty quickly. And uh yeah, I think that you know anything that's in the book would go really well um, uh, with a lot of the beers that are out there. But at the same time, it's uh, this is just a straight up cookbook, and that's all right by me. Okay, do you have just a curiosity uh, for myself? Did you do you have any professional like cooking? You ever work in a kitchen, or is it more just uh, home cooking, just working with uh, Jersey ingredients? Yeah, I, I'm an avid home cook, so I'm a writer first and foremost. So uh, no formal. Uh, kitchen training, although I have spent some time in kitchens, uh, just sort of, you know, learning some of the ins and outs and, uh, certainly hanging out with a lot of chefs, but, uh, uh, I'm, I'm certainly not a, not a chef, uh, just, a just a guy who writes about food okay. and, and eats a lot of it. Yeah. That, I, man, I am envious. Uh, let's, uh, let's kind of dive a little deeper into Jersey. So, and, uh, just a little bit of beer centricness, like, um, okay. like Jersey's, uh, kind of like going ape crap uh, with breweries as of late. You know, it was, you know, a dozen of them just a couple years ago, and now you're, you know, pushing a hundred of them. What's it like to now be a beer writer that it used to be? Jersey was also a, a, always a great import state to where you could find amazing beers from all over the world, but it was kind of lacking with domestic stuff as far as, the, like, homemade product. Now it's blowing up. What's it like to be in the beer and then see this kind of grow around you? It's great. It's wonderful, actually. Uh, you know, the, the town where I grew up, South Orange, uh, has the Gaslight, which is a brew pub that's been around since, I think, 96 now. Um, and it's, yeah, we had a lot of brew pubs for a while, and we did have a lot of imports, but it was tough to get uh, packaged beer 
uh, from a Jersey brewery, uh, save for Anheuser-Busch near the airport, uh, Ramstein, uh, and Flying Fish. Uh, there weren't really a ton of uh, Jersey breweries that were packaging their beer where you could bring it you know, to a, po- uh, to a party in bottle or can format. So these days when I get to show up at a... Um, uh, at a liquor store and I can buy Jersey beer and I can send Jersey beer, uh, to friends across the country, uh, or bring it to, you know, on my travels and things like that. Uh, that's a lot of fun for me. Um, and it's, it's, it's also kind of weird because for so long I was just conditioned that Jersey didn't have that. Uh, and so now when I walk in and, uh, to, to a store or, you know, I sign, uh, sign in online, uh, and I'm seeing all these brand new breweries that have popped up that I've never heard of before. Uh, it's kind of a fun thing because as a, as a reporter, um, and certainly as a beer enthusiast, uh, I don't now, I, I now don't have to travel very far to find something new. Yeah. And that's, I think that's really exciting. Uh, you know, it, I know it's exciting for me, uh, and I think it's going to be really exciting for, for a lot of folks as well. Uh, rediscovering new parts of the state. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, for me going back when I went back to Jersey was typically you know just to go visit family and stuff like that. Now I travel down to whether it be Carton, who you do the podcast with, and we'll touch that in a second. And then like right now we just cracked open a Vengeful Heart from Michael Kane down there in Kane Brewing. There's just these amazing kind of breweries just popping up, and it's just it's awesome to see because there's there's so much beer to go around um, that to see a state that deserves it with so many freaking people. You know, good beer needs to be uh, put in the hand, so it's nice to see that actually happen. Hands down. Uh, um, so let's talk about uh, Steal This Beer. Uh, you started doing a podcast with Augie. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I know. You never listened to it. I know that for a fact. <laughs> uh, you uh, started doing a podcast. Oh, well, you know, I get you, what, two-thirds of the podcast, I should say, um, with uh, with Augie from Augie Harden. How did that kind of connection come about, like, uh, you know, to be a beer writer or uh, whatever most of the time? And not that you don't have personal connections to brewers, but, you know, you want to be a little bit, I don't want to say, you know, whatever, standoffish, not be as connected to a brewery. But, I mean, you guys are kind of freaking fracking at the this point you know what i mean so uh, how did that kind of relationship come about yeah augie uh augie wanted to do this this uh steal the spear podcast and he needed somebody uh really high energy uh to sort of balance his mellowness i can see that and <laughs> no that's uh, uh that's just the opposite actually um no you know it, it was actually just born out of uh i've been out drinking with augie a bunch of times as i am with a lot of brewers and, uh, you know, we were sort of dissecting beers and getting like, really into the weeds and the minutia on uh, processes and flavors and, you know, what does this make you think of? And just sort of one of these organic things where it's, hey, we should do a podcast on this. And Augie went out and got equipment and got some folks to, to put it together. And uh, he's got a day job that's in Jersey City, uh, where I live. And so uh, when I'm in town and he feels like it and we can wrangle up somebody we get together and uh and 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 drink beer um you know for me it's not really part of the magazine it's not really part of you know anything that i do journalistically um uh you know i i I certainly have my own editorial standards uh in place um but you know that's it's not really a, a partnership uh you know there's no (laughs) <laughs> There's no money in podcasting. I don't know uh, if you guys have heard that. Yeah, no. We <laughs> so, don't uh, so I don't have to. I don't have to really worry about uh, breaking sort of any. Uh, journalism ethical rules there. Yeah, no, it's not necessarily what that's what I meant. It's, it, I was trying to lead to the subject of there's like when it comes to like beer writing or and stuff like that, there tends to be a little bit uh, pomp and circumstance. And you've always been a writer that's been kind of off that, you know, you mean been pretty much of a straight shooter. So the combination of you and Augie and the way the podcast works, it just kind of makes sense, you know what I mean? And uh, to hear more 
it, it seems like you were saying when you talked about coming up with the podcast and almost like maybe you were just like one day you were like, why aren't we recording these conversations we're having? And it almost seems like that's kind of how the podcast came about. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. I mean, Augie might have a, you know, a different, uh, uh, a different take uh, on it. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, you know, we, like, it, it's conversations that I have with a lot of brewers. Um, you know, where you just sort of, you know, people who are passionate about the beer that they make, people who are passionate about uh, drinking other people's beer. Uh, and certainly as, a, as, as somebody who covers this industry, uh, you know, I, I like drinking good beer. I like trying uh, different things. And when you find a really good one or you find something that, that really makes you think of something else, uh, it's fun to share that with people. And so uh, for the most part, I've been doing that through, uh, through words on the page or words on the screen. But uh, with this, you know, we're able to, uh, um, you know, to really get into, get into it. And for people who haven't heard it, um, the guest usually brings on two beers uh, that Augie and I taste blind and that we're tasting out of black opaque glasses. So we can't even see the beer. So all we're going on is aroma uh, and taste really and some mouthfeel. Um, to it, and you know we don't really we don't know what we're drinking at all, and so it really kind of frees us up to be absolutely honest about the beer. Uh, I think sometimes when you see a label, you might think, oh, those guys are you know those are nice guys. We should we should be nicer to it, and you know it's not my job to be a cheerleader. Uh, and certainly on the show, uh, we have we've panned some really spectacular beers uh, just because they didn't present well. No, I mean, like and I was going to mention that part. It's it's one of the. I mean, who anybody who's ever you know drank beer, or talked about beer, or judged beer, whatever. The best thing you could ever do is blind taste testing. It's one of the funner things to do, not knowing where beer comes from. So that aspect of the show is probably the funnest portion of it. You know what I mean? Because those uh, you know, those smoke pilsners will get you. So they will. They, yeah. <laughs> that Norval, right? Orval is uh, is a beer that uh, several guests have brought on that trips me up every single time, <laughs> and you know, and it's and it's and it's kind of remarkable too because Orval, you know, you hear Belgian beer, a lot of people think like, oh, we should age it, and we had one guest on who brought a bottle that was two or three years past uh, its 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 expiration date that was clearly printed on the bottle, uh, and I I kind of tore it apart, uh, and then the bottle came out. And he's like, oh, oh no, this is Orval. This is this wonderful beer. And then when we found out that it was out of code, it was like, all right, well, I, I stand by that. And, you know, we shouldn't have been serving that beer. Um, so, yeah, I think tasting it blind, and we do that for our, our reviews uh, in All About Beer magazine as well. We do blind reviews. Uh, and we've had some really surprising results. I've had uh, both Hop Slam and Nugget Nectar. Uh, on one panel blind, and everybody said, oh, you know, this is good. It's a, it's an okay IPA. You know, they kind of just shrugged their shoulders and said, yeah, you know, I'd recommend it, but it doesn't light my world on fire. And then, uh, you know, I put the bottles and the cans down in front of everybody, saying, this is what you just drank, and everybody tried to backtrack. You know, because I think a lot of the time we're voting with our eyes or we're voting with nostalgia, uh, and when you remove that from the uh, from the equation, uh, you get some really excellent results and you get honest results and that's as a journalist first and foremost what i want so going back to the uh back to the podcast is there any other uh beer that you've like you've torn apart and then saw the bottle apart from Morval, uh that you then felt bad about no no because you know because honestly i think if, if, if people follow along with us uh when we're tasting these beers uh, we're not pulling any punches. And I might know some of the brewers personally, you know, from covering them, uh, but I stand by the words that we say. You know, sometimes these beers just aren't great. Uh, 
Uh, and sometimes, honestly, it's not the brewer's fault. Sometimes it could have been sitting on a shelf too long, or it could have been warmed and then cold and then warmed and then cold again, and, you know, you could have had heat spikes on it. Uh, there's so many different variables. All I can do is be honest about what I'm tasting. And so, um, yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, wow, I'm really surprised that I just tore whatever that is apart. Uh, but I stand by it because I know my palate. I trust my palate. I've spent, you know, uh, 15 years now uh, really trying to perfect uh, what I know as, as off flavors and uh, what's good and what's not and, and go from there. So, yeah, it's uh, I can't feel bad about it. And now, is there any part of being, you know, having your, you know, so in depth with uh, like all the things when it comes to the magazine or the books or the podcast, do you find it a little bit hard to sit down and actually relax and enjoy a beer sometimes? Like, well, is I'm that, drinking Jenny Cream right now. Well, the, you know what? I just you answered that question right when I, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course you're enjoying a beer right now. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but I don't have to think about Jenny Cream. You know, it's uh, it's 90 degrees out. There's a few fluffy blue clouds uh, up in the sky. I'm sitting down in the grass in the middle of the field. Uh, I don't have to think about this beer. You're, liter um, you're and, literally and living a dream. That. You're literally yeah, living no, a dream I, right now. You know, I love that. And, like, this isn't the time where I'm going to crack open, you know, a, a barrel-aged Britannomyces stout, you know. Um, uh, you know, I, I brought some other stuff up to the party today, some Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, some, uh, some Ultra Vez, um, you know, some other beers that I can just have a couple of, and I don't have to think about it and dissect it and, and, and go from there. Um, uh and I try to keep those beers in the house as well. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, if I do just want to sit on the stoop in Jersey City and have a beer, uh, I don't want to be taking mental notes in my head. I want to enjoy it in the way that the brewer intended it to be enjoyed. And that's just sort of, you know, it tastes good and you drink it. Sometimes you need those chuggers in your life, baby. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're, I mean, we're up against it. We're going to have to cut this short. How would pe how do people find you? We're, like I said, we're going we're gonna to give away a little bit one of your uh, edition of Jersey books after the uh, we cut this short uh, during commercial break. But if people want to find you, how do they find you? Uh, you can go to allaboutbeer.com, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter there at allaboutbeer, and uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, I'm at johnhallholl.com. Awesome, man. I appreciate the time. Fellas, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Enjoy those Jenny Creams, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, don't stop drinking Jenny Cream, everybody out there, because it's a fantastic <laughs> beer. Cheers, man. Let's save some for the rest of us. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Yep. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so awesome, dude. Super. That's a, that's a, again a conversation we could have for about four or five hours. Oh, you know what I mean? Just so much information, so much stuff. So, yeah, there you go. So, uh, like I said, we're gonna give a give one of his books away. His newest book, Dishing Up Jersey. So, if you're into kind of Jersey culinary and all that kind of stuff, good Jersey food. We're close to the border, so you're getting your sweet corn and your tomatoes, baby. You want to pick up one of those books? You can call the hotline here. It's five seven zero. Well, I lose the thing. Eight eight three zero zero. Nine eight five seven zero eight eight three zero zero nine eight, and uh, let's give that away to the fifth caller because I like the number five. So yeah, give us a call, win a book, and we'll be back after the break with the beer geeks on WILK. Can you really lose weight with hypnosis? I started at 311. I've lost 65 pounds, and I'm not done. I'll be down to 200 pounds by Christmas. That's Michael Colby of Fort Wayne, Indiana, after just one session with America's best-known hypnotist, John Morgan. That very next day, I didn't have any cravings. My sweet tooth was gone. Whether you want to lose weight and keep it off or stop smoking once and for all, a John Morgan hypnotist will be here soon. I'm an ex-Marine, so I know all about 
suggestion and all that. I, I knew it would work. Thanks to John Morgan, Michael's whole life has changed. I used to live to eat, now I eat to live. Join John Morgan hypnotist Mark Pasnack Thursday, July 21st at the Woodlands Inn on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Smoking cessation is at 6 p.m., weight loss at 8 p.m. Call 800-735-6907 or visit johnmorganseminars.com. Sessions are affordable at fifty nine ninety five. best advertisement for you guys is that it was effortless. Call 800-735-6907 or visit johnmorganseminars.com. The following is an incredible, life-changing, free offer for anyone with hearing problems who wants to start hearing everything more clearly again. We're now offering free in-home trials of a revolutionary hearing breakthrough called Listen Clear to anyone who calls this special toll-free number now. 1-800-933-1447. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also qualify for free shipping and free batteries for life. Listen Clear is precisely designed by top audio engineers. It adjusts to let you find the perfect way to hear everything, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And Listen Clear is so invisible, people may not even know you're wearing it. And it's so lightweight, you may even forget you're wearing it too. Don't miss this special life-changing opportunity to hear everything more clearly again for free. With a 100% free in-home trial, free shipping, and even free batteries for life. For free information, call now. 1-800-933-1447. That's 1-800-933-1447. 1-800-933-1447. Bowdoin Clothing is designed in London and worn all around the world. Bowdoin is looking for call center customer service reps and warehouse clerks. Full-time and part-time shifts available. Offering competitive starting rates, health insurance, and PTO after 90 days. Matching 401k contribution and generous employee discounts. Call center CSRs must be available to work weekends. Join our open house July 19th from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Bowdoin Clothing is located at 180 Armstrong Road in Pittston. Email your resume today to recruitment at bowdoinusa.com. B-O-D-E-N-U-S-A.com. Hi. Sorry, I'm having a little work done in the yard. That's fine. I'm from Ehrlich. We offer a world of pest protection. What does that mean? Well, it means we keep an eye on yellow jackets. So you can keep an eye on that rose bush. Hey, hey, hey. Not my wife. We deal with wasps. So you can deal with that guy in your tree. Excuse me. And we offer a mosquito protection plan to keep your family safe from Zika virus. So you can offer that pool boy a hand. You have enough to worry about. Leave the bugs to us. Visit jcerlich.com to join the world of pest and mosquito protection today. Ehrlich, your local pest control experts. Today's GetMyPerks.com deal of the day fills your belly and your wallet. $25 gets you two Timbers buffets and $20 in free slot play at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Mohegan Sun at Pocono Downs pays tribute to the cultural heritage of the Mohegan tribe in the 300-seat Timbers Buffet. Timbers Buffet is the place to satisfy the hungriest of guests for lunch and dinner, and this restaurant is also the perfect address for your next business meeting, private party, or special event. Enjoy a new and larger assortment of tantalizing dishes. And still available at GetMyPerks.com, golf at four courses with a cart for just $100 with the Intercom Golf Card. Lock on my front door so you can't see me anymore. And you can't come yeah, baby. Little, uh, little uh, Jersey-centric. Uh, little beer geeks goodness on a Sunday. That was a good interview, man. I totally wish we had a uh, uh, another segment or like five. The rest of the day. It. Yeah. To, uh... Yeah, I mean, you know, John Hall's been in it. I've been reading him for a while. He's been in the game for a while. And then, like, like I touched on the podcast he does that I'm a big fan of. I like watching it or watching it. Yeah, because I watch podcasts because that's what mm-hmm. happens. Um, listening to it for a while. 
But when you see that, like, as people who are in, like, you know, myself, like, doing a radio show and doing the reviews that I do and things like that and just trying to, like, get my foot in some form or fashion, the, um, I guess you would say media part of the industry, to see what it takes from a person. Like, the dude's writing a book, writes for a magazine, edits a magazine, does a podcast, and drinks Jenny Cream on uh, the Western Jersey. Do you know what I mean? There's there's a lot that goes into it. Obviously, Jenny Cream has a lot to do with it. Oh, it has everything. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but in, in Honestly, that's actually a point I'd like to talk about is that there's like um, one of the reasons why I like the podcast and I like the um, the stuff that John Hall does write about is um, is there is a ton of like uh, upturning nosy pomp and circumstance when it comes to a lot of beer stuff. And a lot of people would actually like you go to a barbecue or something like that and people would be like, well, what are you trying to give me this so-and-so beer for? Yeah. I do not want to drink this beer. And honestly, sometimes you just you don't you don't need to be like that. You know what I mean? There's it, there's, there's good beer all around and it doesn't have to be. You know what I mean? Super whales that you make a TV show about that you're trying to find. You know what I mean? Like it, it can be, it can be simple and enjoyable. It doesn't have to be something to uh, to sit and dwell on. Like, like he talked I've about. said, I've said this a bunch of times. You know, last summer when I was at school, I bought a ton of Grasshopper. For people who don't know, that's from uh, Endless Brewing Company. Um, I just wanted something to drink outside, and I can't drink the two year old barrel-aged stouts that I'd bring up for like our for our game nights, you know? I'm like, no, I need something that's your for opinion. the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could be on the surface of the sun and crack open a freaking... Uh, well, some kind if of I'm sitting outside, I kind of want something a little lighter, know, you know? Yeah, I know you're yeah. just... <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, like uh, uh, to, to actually like be that in-depth with the industry and to do so many things and be constantly on a move. I think it's, it, it's also pretty commendable what he was saying. You know, he stands by stands by his opinions when he, he drinks something blind, you know, if it turns out to be a beer that, like, he either knows the brewer or, you know, thinks should be, should have been, like, in a, held in a higher regard, you know, I think that's pretty cool to uh, to hear somebody who's like, no, nah, I'm going to, whatever I say, I say. Well, I mean, I've always subscribed to that. <laughs> yeah, that, but, but like, so, don't some have, people I, don't. Yeah, and I, I don't, obviously, I'm not, I, I don't exist in that same kind of world, but at the same time, like, you have to understand there's, like, when you're talking about beer. Um, and you're and you're you know discussing it in a way, and if you're being like positive or negative, mm -hmm. there's more than one way to be positive and negative. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. there's positive. I like the way this beer tastes because I like beers that taste like this. Then there's the positive. This beer is made really well, and I enjoy this beer because it's made really well. And then conversely, the opposite. I don't like this beer so much because it's not what I like beer wise. Oh, then there's this beer is made badly. Yeah, and I'm just not a big well, fan of it. So like that that dogfish head. Uh, Saison that we did the other night. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. It was a well-made beer. I just didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like when you when you talk about a beer and you're like, okay, this is not for me. That's a big. That's a much different statement to make mm -hmm. than okay, this beer tastes badly because it's made badly. So yeah. to stand by to be like, oh, if you know what you're talking about, to be like, this is not made correctly. It's not. It's it, it, at that point. It's not. You know what I mean. Subjective. It's 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 not mm -hmm. opinion based. It's it's kind of like okay, this is, has faults, and that's yeah. why I do not like it. And you'd want to stand by those things because that's what your credibility. That's where your credibility stands. If you if you know what you're talking about or tasting about, I guess you would say. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean to have somebody. For all the people that are in the industry that are actually stand their ground like that, people who coddle or people that say everything's good mm -hmm. or just write positive things and then just basically err on the side of awesomeness all the time, 
they're, they're usually kind of forgotten. Do you know what I mean? Because in life, there needs to be balance. There has to be negative to be positive. There has to be good to be bad. So if you're constantly positive and the only thing you say is positive, then you have nothing to say because obviously whatever you say is going to be the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So you don't want to be negative for the sake of being negative just to be negative. But at the same time, you know what I mean? You need to expose yourself to all avenues and as many avenues as you can, whether it be beer or anything in life, and go from there. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about this beer that we cracked open. This is actually, uh, like I, I mentioned briefly in the um, in the interview, it's uh, Cane Vengeful Hard Steve brought this. I had this fresh. Um, is it that was, the full name? Cane uh, Vengeful Hard Steve brought this? Yeah, that's actually is. Yeah, there's actually more to it, but it's not fit for radio. Um, and... Uh, and it's 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 a unique beer. It's an American barley wine, but brewed with tropical hops, uh, very juicy tropical hops. They've dropped off a bit. Um, they're still there. It's not that ghost of cops hop, cops past hops past that I talk about so often. But uh, they dropped off quite a bit. It's such a different beer than it was originally, and it's kind of cool to see how it's progressed. What do you think, Steve? I'm a fan of it, honestly. I've got another bottle that I'm going to hang on to for a little while and see what happens over the next six months. And you said you actually, when you uh, uh, you had a wine barrel variant of this at one time and another, how yes. how big of a difference was that wine? Because you're talking about wine with tropical hops. It's a whole other level. You get a lot of nice dryness, even just from the oak barrel. You get a lot of really good wine character out of it. Yeah. I was a big fan of the wine barrel variant that we had back at their anniversary release. Nice. Yeah. I mean, Kane, like we were talking about on the show or in the interview earlier, um, New Jersey is exploding as mm-hmm. far as breweries go. I think, I could be wrong, uh, but I think in uh, 2010, I think there was 12 breweries in New Jersey. 12. Now there's like 80. So that, Yeah, they gained like two or three. But here's the thing. If you, Penn, or not Pennsylvania, New Jersey is by far and away the most densely populated state in the whole country. More people live in New Jersey than anywhere else in the country. California has 700 and change breweries. So you're talking about, you know what I mean? Like, they're comparable states. Yeah, sure, California's a much larger state, so there's going to be more breweries just because of size. But you're talking about the densely most populated state in the country having one of the, I wouldn't say fewest, but more fewer breweries than most other states. It's kind of weird, don't you think? Like... I don't know if it's a matter of the way property costs go or the way, like, oh. what? I don't know. I, like, I don't know. I don't know what, like, the... Why the rhyme or reason that it happened yeah. like that? It's, it's an odd thing because you sit there and you, and you think about it. It's like, you know, even New York has kind of exploded as far as breweries, and more, more so up, upstate and things like that. But you're talking about, like... Pennsylvania's always had a rich tradition with breweries. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, like it's Ohio, do you know what I mean? Down South Maryland has a ton of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're going up now, you start to go up to Connecticut and places like that. There's so many breweries. And, and, and for me, Jersey has always been a place for, for me to find beer. Like, whenever I want to go to get beer, I've talked, to, talked about this ad nauseum with you, Joe, is that going to Jersey and just literally you could stop off any exit and just try to find any liquor store and you walk in there and you'll find like crazy beer you never yeah. thought you'd be able to find before. So it's always been a place that it's been really on the 
top notch of the kind of distribution import game. But as far as the beers they have themselves in state, it's always been lacking. So to see like breweries pop up in New Jersey, it's I mean the list goes on and on. You have Carton, you have Kane, you have uh, Blero Snort, you have um, you know what I mean? Like you have like tons and ton Magnify, you have tons and tons of breweries kind of just popping up and just exploding spellbound. You just keep naming all these breweries, kind of coming up Little Dog, blah blah blah. It, it, they're just getting more and more play and more and more people going there. And it just since it is a kind of vacation destination at the same time. It just seems like it's just a perfect fit because, you, you know, for me, a lot of times when I go on vacation, I'm not necessarily uh, uh, planning my vacation about going to a brewery, but, but sure as poop, when I plan a vacation, I'm searching to see what breweries are in oh, that so area. I. I mean, you know, my, my girlfriend's like, can we not just do beer stuff? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like there's other things to do. I don't know what you're... <laughs> Yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm sure we can all relate to that. It's a. Uh, it, well, yeah, no. I'm, if we actually, you know, some people don't have girlfriends. Come on now, man. Uh, <laughs> at the moment, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, anywhere you go on vacation, you know what I mean. Look up a good brewery, as Steve did when he went down to North Car- or was it North Carolina? Virginia. Virginia. Close mm-hmm. enough. Uh, and we just cracked open Wolf's Ridge Brewing. What do you know about this? Like you said, you had one of these previously or a variant of this previously? I had the rum barrel aged variant of this previously. This is actually an interesting, it's not necessarily rum coffee. They blend their rum barrel aged and then they coffee of the base. So it's actually a coffee stout and a rum barrel aged stout blended together. Okay. Okay. That kind of makes sense because it's like not super crazy rum. All over the top, and it's got no, it's not. really nice roast, like awesome kind of roast, kind of like the what we got off the licking hole we had the other night, Joe, like mm. that really nice toasty roastiness, but it's south of, it's not giving you that bitterness that sometimes you get from the roast that kind of makes you kind of get that little astringent kind of craptasticness, you know? Yeah. It gives you enough of that sweet little rumminess to kind of make it kind of like... Make it a little, kind of like round it out. Make it a little, little warm. Bit. You know, it's not hot at all, but it's kind no. of like you know, giving that little bit of warmness. Uh, no, this is a fun beer. Did you? What did you have any? Did you go to this brewery, or is this something you picked no, up off this a bottle is a shop? Trade actually, hmm. from out in Ohio. If you actually did that, because yes. in, in yeah, person trade, course. obviously, because mailing yes. that would be highly illegal, and we would never do such things. Um, so yeah, Dire I mean, Wolf. I mean, the Game of Thrones nerd in me loves the name. Yeah, d- well, Dire Wolf. <laughs> yeah, Dire Wolf. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's where it's from. It's got to be from there, right? Probably. It has to I be. Don't know. Yeah. So Wolf Ridge Brewing, Dire Wolf Rum Line, Rum Barrel Aged Coffee Stout. If you're into coffee beers and you like a little bit of rum in your life, who doesn't? Unless you're sane uh, or insane, I should say, um, or maybe both actually. Or let's scratch that whole thing. You have to be a little bit insane and sane at the same time to like the beers that we like. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth something worth picking up. So yeah, another good show. I really like this one, man. I like I like interviewing a little bit more of the journalistic kind of side of things when it comes mm-hmm. to beer. Just a nice little kind of different perspective when it comes to um, the beer world and stuff like that. And to see someone actually go out there and create a cookbook and not actually be beer-centric is kind of cool. Yeah, it's nice to hear every now and again somebody like other than a, than a brewer talk about Good beer. beer. No. Yeah. But that doesn't suck either. No. Um, so, yeah, uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a couple of brewers on. I'm going to try to wrangle up a couple of writers. We have a little uh, beer blogger coming on shortly in the next couple of weeks, too. So we got some good uh, good lineup as far as uh, guests and stuff like that. And we really appreciate you guys uh, listening and tuning in and stuff like that. Uh, reach out to us on social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any of those places. You can reach us at Beer Geeks Radio, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those kind of places on 
on tap the whole nine. Reach out to us. Um, tell us what you think. Give us ideas. Uh, you know, we re- really want to interact with you guys. So reach out. Uh, tell us what's up. And uh, hopefully keep tuning in on the Beer Geeks on WILK. Cheers. 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 Cheers.